0: In this month's Colchester Soup, we hear a familiar voice talking about restoring a unique building, a family sharing the love of literature, and a Christian association combating the blight of debt. It's all in September 2016's Colchester Soup. This month's Colchester Soup took place at the Roman Circus in Colchester, the site of the only known Roman circus in Europe. Close to 40 people were there in the main hall awaiting the first speaker. But before we get going, just a quick recap of how Colchester Soup works. We gather together every month and pay £5 for the opportunity to have some delicious soup and that £5 gives you the opportunity to vote on which three causes you believe is the most deserving. People never know who they're going to hear before they arrive, and after Karen opened the proceedings, it was up to me to deliver the first pitch of the evening, which is all about the old workhouse. Yes, my name's Adam Roxby, and uh, ordinarily you'll find me on that side of the microphone, so it's a bit weird being here, I'm usually the one documenting this event, but we're here in this building, which is to celebrate history and celebrate um, Colchester and indeed our, our area's rich cultural past, to talk about something called the Old Workhouse. Now the Old Workhouse is an 18th century parish workhouse and it's just a few minutes over the Suffolk-Essex border so hopefully it won't count against us. It's a very rare building which is why we're here to talk about it out of about 216 known parish workhouses in the county of Suffolk only three are known to have been custom built for the job and that job was to house the poor and the destitute of that time I know all this because I've been frantically researching for workhouses, you know, frantically researching workhouses and in particular this workhouse for a series of videos that we're making to document its restoration and trying to save it from you know imminent collapse Now. This is a lot of extra effort and a lot of extra time spent on doing this and ideally, you know, we could have just done this in isolation, just plodded along, the story in this building, but I've got, as you may have seen, a predilection to share things and to document things and especially this building, I think, this history needs to be shared and seen by as many people as possible. So, perhaps when you think of workhouses, you've got these pictures in your mind of these old Dickensian style buildings with grubby little children Where are they? Probably little children walking around trying to sort of get more gruel. But what was a workhouse? Well, workhouses were buildings that already existed in the local community, which is the predominant source of the workhouse. Or they were custom built, which is, as I said, quite rare. And what they did was they were there to hold inmates, as they were known. And these inmates were people who you had to work in exchange for food and for shelter. I suppose you could think of it as of a noble-minded precursor to the welfare state. Now, a problem with parish workhouses is, unfortunately, they're not quite as glamorous as, say, their large Victorian counterparts, these giant union houses which you perhaps are more familiar with. And also, the other problem is there's a very scant documentation, not only about the people who lived there, but about the buildings and the wider history. So really, trying to find out information on these buildings is really quite difficult. Ultimately this building is going to be turned into partly a living space, but in the future we want to open it up and have maybe tours or open evenings, um, perhaps a few talks from some notable people who know their history. This will benefit the local community because it's it's such a waste if this history just doesn't get told and to see this building being saved from imminent collapse is really our main purpose. So that's why I'm here. Really we're looking for a bit of help in not only making these videos, perhaps with, say, better equipment, but also trying to get hold of more experts who know the field. In one of our most recent videos we've got uh, possibly the most renowned expert in parish workhouses in the Suffolk region, giving us about half an hour of his time, so that's really worth a watch. But we could perhaps get more people who could talk about it and share the history. And perhaps even going to other locations. The building's located in Assington, in Suffolk. And there's so many other buildings even in that close vicinity, which have just as much a rich history and it'd be good to go there and find out about them and also see how that fits in into the wider picture of what was going on at the time these workhouses were being built however if we don't win tonight i really urge you perhaps to just visit our youtube channel which is on the leaflet which you will get at the end of this evening and also if you're that way inclined you perhaps can become a patron of the workhouse or at the very least But the reason why I'm here is just to get more people to know about what it is we're doing and what this sort of history is that we're trying to share. And I think I've taken up enough of your time, so I'm opening up for any questions. I thoroughly enjoyed talking about a project I am passionate about and hopefully getting more people to know about the work that we're doing. Anyway, following my efforts, we had Perkins Family Trust, which comprises of Erin, Matthew and their son, Alex.
1: We're Perkins Family Trust. We're a family charity that has expanded a little bit beyond the family now. And we primarily work for local children in lots of different ways. We've done lots of different projects. One of the recent projects that we did late last year was a really big toy drive the toys went to two places, the local refugee families who have just settled in Colchester and also the women's refuge and we divided them up between those two places and we've done a lot of different work and um, so if you'd like you can ask us questions or approach us in the break and we can give you a more detailed explanation of some of the things that we've done in the past but what we're here for right now is hoping to get help because we're working on a project where we're trying to collect the money and the donations of unwanted books to pass on, again, firstly to the local refugee families who are here in Colchester. We want books for their children. And um, obviously we have our own child here who I'd like to introduce, Alex. And Alex is going to tell us just a little bit about why he thinks it's so important for children his age to have books and what got this started because it was actually all down to Alex and his reading.
2: My entire life I have loved, adored even reading. I have relied on reading to get, to get me through things that I have like Tourette's and reading has helped me in almost every way possible. And the, well, one of the first series of books I've really and I got into was Harry Potter. I'm currently on the sixth book and it has changed my life. And why do you think it would be nice to give other children books? Because it would enlighten their lives and give it, and give them joy in the form of reading. That's very good. Thank you. Thank can you. we give over to
3: Danny now? Well, yeah, I don't know how to follow that up, really. Um, but <laughs> yeah. as you can see, what we want to give to other children who are... Um, a little bit more in need than perhaps a lot of our children here is what Alex has. So the fact that he's always grown up with books around is just normal for him. But he never takes it for granted either and he always understands that there are lots of other children that, that don't have access to books and maybe don't even have a book at all. And to get their hands on something like Harry Potter or anything like that would just be incredible. At the moment, we we have got a GoFundMe page going, and there's 150 pounds that we've raised on there towards a 200 pound goal. The refugee uh, families, their children is our first port of call, and then, as we have done before, we'd expand outside of that to other needy areas uh, within Colchester.
1: Right now, we have an arrangement with Pete Hope, where he's going to the, the books that we don't don't find homes for, are going to go in a basket at the Rec Cafe, and children will hopefully learn to know that they can go there to find books and they can just have one out of the basket and we will have a little penny jar there if somebody wants to donate for one of those books at the rec but it's absolutely not necessary we want it to be so that everybody can have one even if they can't afford to donate um, so any leftover any surplus will go to all local children in Colchester who happen to be at the rec playground and That could be any number of children. Anyway, I think that's it. Any questions? Oh,
0: thank you. Out of all the problems that refugees have to face, I'm sure that literacy is one that doesn't get the attention it needs, so it's great to have Perkins Family Trust trying to help. Finally, we had Christians Against Poverty talking about a problem which is all too common.
4: having us here this evening. We do really appreciate it. We are CAP. Uh, We're a national organisation. We're Christians Against Poverty. Each debt centre is overseen by our head office, but we all are self-sufficient. So for all our fundraising and raising awareness is purely down to our debt centre here in Colchester, um, as it is kind of across other towns as well. Um, So let me tell you a little bit about the Colchester Debt Centre. Currently, we're a team of three debt coaches. We've been running just on three years um, and we're just about to take on our fourth debt coach. Um, We've got a lovely young lady also that coordinates all our admin, but the four debt coaches and the admin are our only paid staff. Everyone else that is on board is a volunteer and we have quite a huge base of volunteers. Um, And that will be... Volunteering to work alongside a family throughout their whole journey to get themselves out of debt, to bake in a cake to cheer someone up because they're having a bad week. Our volunteers work tremendously across the whole of our family's journeys. Um, our main role is to meet with clients who are mostly self-referrals, although some do come through other agencies in towns like um, One Support, um, some are directed to us via food bank. Our clients vary from every walk of life to people suffering um, on benefits, the mental health issues that are really can't see a way out. And these people invite us into their home. They sit and listen to what service we can offer and they decide whether they want to work with us or not. You're probably wondering how much of the Christian comes into it. Um, we are a group of like-minded people from churches across Colchester working together to help people get out of debt. If one of our clients asks us about that, we'll tell them our our reason behind our faith. We don't go in to push our faith onto anyone. We welcome anyone and everyone, from Christians, Muslims, people that don't have any belief in any God. It doesn't matter to us. The next step after we've been invited in is we collate their paperwork from all their income, all their outgoings, everything for their creditors, Um, and we send it off to a team at our head office they will then contact creditors um, and come up with repayment plans and they'll do all the the kind of the negotiating um, for for the client Um, Once they've done that they'll send us a budget with either a repayment plan or an option of insolvency if a repayment plan is not an option Um, We deliver that to the client and they then decide if they want to go ahead with that At every step the client can turn around and say they don't want to see us anymore. Um, We're quite willing to walk out and wait for them to call us if they need us. But we will deliver that budget. We also run job clubs, we also run money management courses um, for further support along the journey. In the three years that we've been in Colchester, we've seen 160 families in debt. 36 of those are now debt-free, myself included, and Others are working hard to become debt-free. We've also seen 23 of those families have people go into employment um, where we've worked alongside them with Job Club. Um, What makes us different from other debt services? Um, It's that we come alongside the clients. We work with them um, to give them the best start once they're debt-free. One example of how we've helped uh, a gentleman is When he came to us, he was in a particularly bad state. About 10 years, he hadn't had a bed because he simply couldn't afford one. He'd slept on his sofa for 10 years. Um, We helped him locate a bed through FreeCycle. Um, We located a mattress for him as well, a new mattress. It made such a difference because he actually felt that he was worth something. That gentleman is now debt-free, he now sleeps soundly every night, and he's now looking to change his lifestyle and get work. Um, It's a small thing, but it makes a huge difference to people. You might be asking why we're pitching today. Well, as I said earlier, we are financially self-sufficient and we're currently raising funds to support our fourth debt coach um, so that we can reach even more people out there. Our waiting times are currently three months because we've only got three debt coaches in Colchester. We're slowly expanding out towards um, tendering, um, and taken on the whole of the CO postcode area. So we kind of really want to get the debt coach out before Christmas. I'd like to thank you for listening and if seeing Colchester become a debt-free town is something that is of interest to you first of all please talk to us and secondly please consider us for your vote. Thank you.
0: A deserving cause there providing help to people in dire situations The soup on offer this month was a deliciously spicy chickpea and butternut squash soup, which was my favourite, and a zesty lentil and lemon soup. While people were tucking in I had the opportunity to speak to our pitchers. Now obviously it would be a little bit gauche to talk more about my project at the old workhouse, but I will just say that if you're interested in finding out more information about what we are doing, seeing the videos of the restoration or perhaps being a patron then you can find all the links on our website which is www.theoldworkhouse.tv Anyway, let's hear more about what Perkins Family Trust is doing. So we're speaking with Aaron Summers-Norman who's talking about the Perkins Trust which is to try and get books to some of the refugee families. What persuaded you I suppose to start this project?
1: Certainly a feeling that we didn't want any child to go without books because books are so imperative to growing and learning and self-development and a lot of the children who just recently settled in Colchester who are from the Syrian refugee families, they've come and they don't really have anything so giving them a book is giving them a welcome to town and hopefully a step up in their childhood years.
0: And how long have it been running and how successful have you been so far? And what's been the response?
1: Um, We've been doing Perkins Family Trust for about a year now. And we've done lots of different small bitty projects. And they've all been absolutely successful. Really, really great. We've done major big toy drives for the women's refuge, um, also for the local Syrian families who had just been settled in Colchester at that time. We also did work for the night shelter. Um, the food bank, so we're spreading ourselves around town quite a lot to work for children.
0: And Alex, you spoke very eloquently about how you feel about books, so why do you want to share that experience with others?
1: First of all, thank
2: you very much, and I want to share it with others just because then it means they can have the joy that I've experienced through books.
0: And so do you think giving books is one of the most important things you can do, is it to help these new families get acclimatised? Yes, Fantastic. So you say you've got a GoFundMe page is there any other way that people can get to know more about what you're doing and help you?
1: Um, I really recommend that they get onto our Facebook page because we do regular updates there and also on Twitter we're on Twitter but we use Facebook quite frequently. Um, The other thing that we're doing besides accepting financial donations is actually donations of unwanted books and those are also going on to be recycled Uh, There will be a distribution point at Pete Hope's Cafe in Old Heath the Wreck where people can go and have a book and if they want to put some pennies in a jar for it they can, but if they don't have the money they don't have to, they can just take the book for free. So we're recycling a lot of books that way as well.
0: I suppose last question, do you get any feedback from the families after they've received the books and what's the reaction been from them?
1: Um, I had a really moving experience, actually. We went to an evening of Arabic music. We spoke that night in front of all the refugees who were there in the room. It was, we were the minority. Most people there were refugees who were living here in Colchester. And we spoke about what we were doing and also the toy drive that we had just completed for those families. And one of the mothers came up to me and she had to speak through a translator. But she said, uh, thank you so much from mother to mother. I carried my baby all the way here from Syria, and now you've given him toys. And she said, that means so much to me as a mother. Thank you. And that was one of the best moments, I think, that I've had throughout running the whole group of Perkins. The experience that was very rewarding.
0: And on the subject of awarding, Alex, uh, what's your interaction been with the people that have received the books? You're going from a reader to somebody who's helping other people read.
2: Well, generally I just stay on the sidelines, but occasionally I pitch in and say a fact, answer a question, ask a question. Uh, But most of the time I just sit back, watch, get some ideas for the next time I might meet them. Next time I meet them, I ask a lot of questions.
0: Brilliant. Well, very best of luck. And if they want to find out more information, they just search for Perkins Family Trusts on the internet and Facebook? That's
1: right, yes. So we are working on getting a website. We haven't done that yet. We have a whole bunch of things we haven't done yet. It's because we're doing too many things at once, but at one point we will get a website. But until then, we're on Facebook.
0: Excellent. Well, the very best of luck to you. Thank you. Thank you. Before we go and hear the results, I spoke to Paula from Christians Against Poverty. You said in your in your presentation that you're trying to get money to increase the amount of advisors that you have to help people get out of poverty. Are you overwhelmed at the moment with the amount of people that are coming to you?
4: Um, at the moment, we are at about I think it's about 147% capacity, so um, well over capacity. But it's I wouldn't say it's overwhelming. It's just we're aware there's a lot of people out there that are waiting. Enforcement agents are on the doorstep and they need help.
0: So when somebody comes to you with this problem what's like the emergency thing that you do to try and plug the holes and help them get on their first track?
4: Okay so um the first thing we do is once as I say we we collect all like their paperwork send it up to head office they will contact like the priority debts so things like council tax the water um any kind of rent arrears the things that are going to affect the roof over their head Um, and they will let them know that we're working with them to sort their debt out Um, and then once that's in place everything slows down, the letters stop, the phone calls stop and it just gives the client breathing space and us room to work on their budget
0: What got you personally interested in doing this?
4: Um, My personal interest is that I come from uh, Culture's first debt-free family so we uh, as a family work uh, with CAP ourselves Um, I'd been left with £25,000 worth of debt from my ex-husband. My husband now had also been left with about £8,000 worth of debt from his ex. Um, And we'd started married life with that and we just basically tried to live but slowly drowned. We've got two children, um, we'd struggled with rent arrears and we were facing eviction. Um, And at that point that was our crisis, that's when we phoned CAP um, and now I want to be able to give back to CAP um, for all they did for me. Um, And I want to be able to go out there and let people know that it is okay and there is help.
0: Obviously, in the name, you're a Christian association. What sort of reaction do you get with being a faith-based organisation? Do you find that it comes up much in conversation?
4: Yeah I think people are just thankful initially. Occasionally it comes up. Um, we do offer uh, discovery break to families which is a faith-based holiday if they are in kind of inquiring more about faith. It is entirely the client's free choice as to if they want to ask more. I think they're just thankful that someone's come through the door that is willing to sit and listen and not
0: judge. And if you don't win tonight what can people do to help you and where should they go to find out more information?
4: Yeah, they can go to uh, the Christians Against Poverty website. Um, there's a bit on there for the Colchester Debt Centre. Um, we've got Christians Against Poverty on Facebook, which is the um, kind of the national site, um, or they can um, contact the national um, number. Um, how can they help? They can help if they know someone in debt they can recommend us if they want to um, help as a volunteer with um, either befriending a family or baking cakes or being able to offer someone a lift to court or to an event um, just give us a call my number is 07971308388. 308388. Um, they can contact me on that and they can you know we can discuss more if they want to kind of come on board and help us out
0: final question this may be a bit pessimistic but is it getting better or is it getting worse
4: I'd like to think it's getting better. I think it's just getting that people are more aware. Um, you hear in the news about um, all the issues with PPI, um, you hear about kind of all the cu- cuts that the government are making, so people are just more aware that things are getting tighter. I think it's, it's going to get worse before it gets better.
0: Well, Paula, thank you very much. The votes have been counted and it's time to go over to Karen to announce the winner of September 2016's Colchester Soup.
5: Tonight, and from you guys and some other people who actually put some money in, although they couldn't come, they just said, here you are, put this in the pot, they're probably going to be quite good. We've got £236 in the pot from you all. Pretty good money, pretty good money, it's 236 pounds in the pot. So everybody gave great speech, we had heritage, we had poverty, we had books, but we had one outright winner tonight and that was Cap.
0: Big congratulations to Christians Against Poverty, very well done. And it obviously wouldn't be appropriate to sign off without speaking to the matriarch of microgrants, Karen. And I started by asking how the popularity of the soup idea has spread across the UK.
5: It has now got to around 60 in the UK. Um, different people are giving it a go. So a firm of solicitors set up a, commu- a business event. But then they had three course meal for their soup and very... Um, usual charities that we all have heard of before this is much more grassroots it is soup it is homemade it is fresh vegetables and then the people that come along you may never have heard of before that's one of the best things about this quite often people in the room have not heard of who's pitching so it is all news to them
0: yeah i was very conscious that when i was selected to pitch there was an embargo on talking about about who was pitching because you do want that element of surprise and you do want something, a reason to turn up on the day.
5: Mm. It's, it's very much a case of if you knew that a charity that you didn't like was talking, would you go? So we don't tell people so that they actually come along to find out who it is that's pitching. And one of the wonderful things that we find is that the people that are pitching actually don't vote for themselves quite often. Sometimes they do. Sometimes it shows. but quite often you'll find them all putting their voting tokens in each other's pots. so not only do we put the embargo on bringing your whole school year along with you and out voting everybody by hundreds we also it it sort of instills a feeling of community in the room to such an extent that people do vote for somebody else that pitched on the same stage as them
0: And I know we've said this before, but more often than not, it's usually the people who haven't won who end up going away with with things perhaps more useful than money sometimes, you know, through contacts or, Mm. you know, even the questions. Well,
5: I know that, say, for example, tonight in the room for yourself, there was an archaeologist, there was a historian... An architecture firm, there's all of these benefits that are in the room just for conversations, and who knows where conversation goes. Yes, you didn't win, but those, you know, just off the top of my head, there are three people who are very interested in what you're doing and, you know, prepared to give you a bit of a chat to help you along. And then the book people also got offers of different sorts of help
0: within the room. So it wins. Is there anything giving you a headache for next time, or are you feeling? quite optimistic and even looking forward to it?
5: Um, we're looking at different venues, obviously. We, we do put in a donation, it's not very much. A lot of people actually give us the venues once they find out what we're doing, but we, we tend to bung them a little bit of cash just to help them out of it. We've had suggestions of the light ship on the Hithe, which would be quite a nice one. We've had suggestions of the bunting rooms in the town centre. And the favourite at the moment seems to be Jumbo. So... Maybe a chat to Darius or something. Jumping. <laughs> if it was summary we could have maybe a barbecue at the feet if they, they said yes.
0: Were you concerned about having an overtly faith based organization here?
5: It is something we look at, but we have a very, very basic basic deal is that if anyone is going to offend an audience, and to do that they really have to offend me first, then they don't get a chance to pitch. It's very, very simple. And there's not very many people that I am not, you know, a little bit chilled about. Um, and although we put three people in front of everybody, we never choose who goes home with the money. Only the people in the room can choose that.
0: What's the best thing that people can do to sort of help you or help get involved?
5: Oh, shout, shout about what we're doing. We, we, we had a chat with somebody today who said, Oh, I've heard of you. I didn't know it was you, but they said that I could go along and talk somewhere and I might go home with some money. Yeah, that's us. Do, you know, do talk about us. If you're searching for us on the web, then Colchester Soup is just the one word in our case so that we don't get muddled up with Colchester Soup Kitchen, for example, and they don't get muddled up with us. Um, talk about us. Encourage people. If they have ideas that you might think, oh, I don't know, that might work, encourage them to come along. 50 or so people will say whether or not it's going to work. They'll get that validation. If they don't get the money, they'll get support.
0: And believe me, it's not as scary as it sounds. (laughs) Excellent. Well, Karen, thanks very much as always.
5: Thank you. We'll see you next time. Absolutely. Cheers. Cheers.
0: And that's it for another month of colchester soup and what a brilliant demonstration of the power of community before i go i thought it was worth mentioning that at every colchester soup there is a raffle to win a proportion of the donations of that evening and this evening's raffle was won by a group of young ladies who quickly donated 20 pounds to the donation box of a charity called recycle now they're working to get bicycles over to some of the most deprived communities in africa That donation meant that Recycle had reached its goal. So because of the generosity of the people attending Colchester Soup, not only do the people of Colchester have a better chance of getting out of debt, but also a community in Africa benefits from the use of a bicycle. What a great way to end the evening. So if you want to find out more about Colchester Soup, then just visit their website colchestersoup.co.uk or search for them on Facebook. And I'm Adam Roxby. I document events such as this one, host workshops about using mobile media and teach others how to share their stories online. If you would like my help or want to find out more information about the work I do then simply visit adamroxby.co.uk Anyway, thank you for listening and I look forward to seeing you at the next Colchester Soup.